yesterday we were here we are back with a brand new audiobook a brand new season um to kick it off it's not us kicking it off because we've got Cam- i know Usually we've got cameron claire with sugar sweet sticky buns which is the name makes me laugh i love it. I, it I know i love it so we're going to talk about her and all her good stuff in just a minute but the reason we're not kicking this um season off is because next week is episode 200 and I thought we should do that one. Oh, this is kind I of a big one. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> Jesus, That's I love a lot. that you're like. I had no idea. <laughs> I know, right? It's like who who amongst us has done this? I don't know. <laughs> this was an insane thing to do. But anyway, so yeah, next week I'll have some like special fun things since it'll be episode two hundred. I'll try to like come up with some cool stuff. So wait, wait, wait. we're gonna play games or something? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. We should do a live episode. I don't know how we would do this. You oh, can God. do it live on here when we record, like like the video and stuff. You can do it live, so oh, we yeah. could have people log into it if they yeah, wanted. Yeah, we could to. do it live. We do okay. it at the same time every week. I know. Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Let's just do it live and see if everybody loses their minds. I don't know. On the YouTube? Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll just let it go and see what happens. Yeah. So welcome to the Read Me Romance podcast. If you are just joining us for the start of season 12, thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to go back and check out the old episodes, they're right down below. Each week, we bring you a new audiobook from a romance author. We break it into two parts. You get half on Tuesday, half on Thursday, and that's it. That's the whole joint. Like, we chit-chat before, and then we play the, play the damn thing. That's it. Very <laughs> much. I'm Leah. I'm Mel. That's, that's Melissa. Mel, there you go. We're Alexa Riley. We're writing duo. I don't know why. I felt maybe we should introduce ourselves. I know. We don't have, we never introduce. We're just we like, never go. do it. Yo, what's up? Um, You know, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, so 12 seasons, like, how do you break down seasons? And I was like, look, it's a little complicated, but I don't know. I don't know. even know how. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. So originally when we started, we would break the seasons into like 10 audiobooks or 12 audiobooks. I think we would say, okay, we'll do 12 weeks and that'll be a season. Cause it was in the beginning, it was really fast turnaround time. It was really quick to get them all in. Yes. Like it was crazy. Like we would run like maniacs for a couple of weeks and then we would have a break or we would try to do 12 weeks and then we would scramble and do another 12 weeks like right after it without really planning ahead. Like it took us a while to find our feet, I think, on it. Yeah. And so after a couple of years of that, because we're coming up on five years, it'll be five years, November the 5th, which is insane to me. But um, so like the first, you know, two, two and a half years, we really sort of kind of tried to find our feet. Yeah. And then... We had a 
big break between like, I think it was season like seven and eight. And we ended up replaying a lot of books. So we went back through, we did teasers. We didn't play whole audio books that year. Um, it was like 2020 as well. It was like pandemic shit. Like it was insane. We were just trying to scramble and make stuff happen. And so during that time, I think a lot of people dropped off that were listening. But yeah, well, and you know, rightfully so we replayed audiobooks or we didn't play an entire audio, but we only played teasers. But also people weren't really commuting much anymore. They were at home. They really hadn't figured out how to work from home and yeah. sort of catch up on their podcast. At least it was that way for me. You know, yeah. there were several podcasts that I would listen to in the car, taking the kids to school. And then I didn't have to take them to school for a year, you know, so like that kind of thing happened. But now, you know, I've noticed that I listen to podcasts again more and that sort of, and I can tell, you know, on our numbers with people listening, we're almost at 10 million listens on this podcast. That's what's fucking insane to me that this podcast has been listened to 10 million times. That is that's, insane. That's insanity. But, um, but we'll celebrate that when we hit it too. But, um. So, you know, that was like that little kind of time between then, you know, season seven and eight. If you go back, that's a strange time in the podcast. But, <laughs> it's a um, strange year. Yeah, it was a strange year for all of us. But since then, the way we've kind of broken down seasons is we'll do like six months where we'll do like one season is the first six months of the year. The next season is the second half. This year for 2022, I'm trying to do the whole year in one season. So... I'm doing, I've like scheduled people. So far, I think we have the season booked through October. Oh, damn. So I know, which is awesome because the sooner we get everybody like on the calendar and scheduled and stuff, the the less we have to do later, which helps. The less a lot. stressful it is, the sooner we can get the books over to the audio. Other people. than the narrators. Yeah, absolutely. So that's always great. So you're starting season 12 today, and more than likely, it's going to run to the end of the year. So. It, you know, it will be easier to break down seasons by year instead yeah. of by season, you know, like by audiobooks, because we've just done so many audiobooks. I mean, we're about to have episode 200, you know? Yeah. So we've done so many now that it's just too hard to keep up with. I think I said the other day we had had like 48 authors last year or something. I think we had, it was like 40 yeah. something audiobooks we had last year. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. That's insane. Anyways. Um, You know, there was a couple of big things that happened over the break. Um, One of the things that I have is that I read Prince Harry's memoir, Spare. Okay. Which was great. I listened to the audio book because it was him narrating it, which I loved. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I really liked it. That's my opinion on it. <laughs> I watched it. I did not read it, but I followed. Oh, did you watch the thing on Netflix? Did you watch no, that? No. I, oh. I follow a psychologist. He does mm-hmm. um, pop culture. Yeah. So I got his kind of take on it. Oh, God. So he was just very, he said it was very flowery. hmm And a little one-sided. Yeah. He said he could see why his brother isn't talking to him right now. Hmm. You know, I find it interesting that like. Because he's like, you can't talk all this shit and then be like, why aren't you talking to me? 
Yeah. Well, you know what I really enjoyed about the book, especially in the very beginning, there's a prologue and he's describing when his grandfather died and they were at, after the funeral, he and his dad and his brother met like in the cemetery, not at that one, but at a different place. And he said they got in an argument and his brother was shoving him and he's like, and he's like, well, Will, you know why I left. You know why I did this. You know why Megan and I went to America. And he's like, no. We, he's like, I don't know. None of us know why you left. And he's like, and I looked at Pa, his dad, mm-hmm. and he was like, my dad had the same look on his face. Like, we don't know why you left. And he was like, so Willie, dad, this is for you. And that's how the book starts. And so I appreciated that he's like, and he says on there, and again, in the very beginning, he says, my recollection might be different than theirs. He was yeah. like, some of this time, he was like, decades have passed. And he said, and I remember being told my mother was dead and then after that i remember very little and he was like and some things are in perfect clarity and other things are just blurs he's like big important moments that's what he the psychologist said he said there was a lot of moments of a long time ago that he knew in a too much of a great detail Mm -hmm. and he said that he was like he said, I don't see how that's possible or a ghostwriter is fluffing that in. Well, and he said on it that he said a lot of my life was lived through the media. He was like, so some of these things you can Google. And he that's was what like, he said, I, he yeah. was like, but probably somebody was dossering or whatever mm-hmm. it's called everything that's happening within these people's lives. Mm-hmm. But he's he didn't talk bad about it. He said, I can yeah. see where some of this is. I can see it's a very yeah. weird family to grow up in. It's very cool. He mm-hmm. talked about, and which I didn't realize how much he did for the military. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was really. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really interesting to hear that about him and to hear those kinds of things. And I think he also said that he worries that he knows he's doing this because he has to make this money. He has to take care of his family. Yeah. 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 He talked about that with Megan, how he didn't know how to pay bills. Mm-hmm. He was like, so you just like, how do you send money to someone for the power? He was like, he had no clue. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> he was like, he said it was a foreign concept. He was like, money was a foreign concept to me. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot imagine what that must be like. <laughs> but, you know, but it was, it, you know, it's for crazy because it he's interesting. He's read. flown flighter jets. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yep. Yep. But he just, those were things he never had to think about, you know. But it was, it was a, it was an interesting insight and I liked it. And, you know, I thought he was fair in it. To a degree, I could see how maybe it's not construed that way on the other side. But I do feel like the other side has had plenty of opportunity to get their side of the story out there. So this was his chance to do his. Yeah, they say that America really favors him. mm -hmm, Why the UK really does not favor him. Does not. No, there's a clear distinction between that between us and in the UK about who likes who more. I know. So, but I mean, you know, it was, it was a good read and I enjoyed listening to the audiobook because I liked hearing about him. I saw the special they did on Netflix and I was worried that it was going to be a lot. Of, it was going to be really repetitive about that, 
but there was hardly anything because I remember getting to the chapter when he met Megan and I was like, great, I got to listen to this all over again when I just watched the special. But it wasn't about that. It wasn't about how they met really. It was more about his experience and what happened to his life when they started dating, which I appreciated because it wasn't like that on the special. It, the special was about Megan's experience when she met Harry and then yeah what happened with him. I think that's what he said something because he'd watched the special too and he said the yeah. only thing that I didn't like and I think that the problem is for some people is that Megan I don't know if he meant him or just Megan that they never even do an ounce of this I could have added to this or this was my mistake or this was my yeah. contribution mm -hmm. of yeah. how this turned out this way there was no like mm -hmm relatability in that there was no ownership in anything i could see that in the video that maybe there wasn't enough of that but i will say in the memoir though like he did go back a couple of times and talk about how things were misconstrued and misunderstood and how he and william and kate and megan had all met several times to try and air things out to like really talk about what happened and like i didn't mean to say it that way when like um, there was a moment where like Kate was pregnant and she was like forgetting something and Megan was like, Oh, it's okay. You have baby brain. Like, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And Kate got like super offended, like really, really upset. And like, they ended up having to have a meeting with the four of them and talk about it because Kate thought she was calling her stupid because it was an expression that, Oh, yeah. the baby is sucking your, the brain out of you. Not that you're dumb, but she thought she meant like, Oh, you're, you're dumb. Like no, I think maybe brain. that's just an American expression. Cause I remember yeah. it because I actually remember being pregnant mm -hmm. and I ran a few lights. <laughs> like yeah. right there, yeah. I was like, "Oh mm -hmm. shit!" Yeah, and I guess like that was a moment where they had gotten really upset with each other because Megan had said, "You have baby brain," and it was just like lost in communication. So I remember like you know listening to that, and I was like, "Okay, I could definitely see how maybe." There was some growing pains in their relationships because she was a total outsider. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, it is a completely different upbringing from what mm -hmm. I've experienced from watching only through TV yeah. from the UK and how like they. You married a prince. That time you married a prince. And it became a I just met like in some of the reality <laughs> TVs and stuff, how, know, you, yeah. how they grow up. We're very affectionate and loud and outspoken mm -hmm. and the UK from what I've they're very more reserved and mm -hmm. not that way and I could see where that's like two different sides coming together and yeah. then I could imagine an American being very offensive almost mm -hmm. you would even though we don't think it's offensive mm -hmm. we're like well that's how we talk one thing that stood out to me or was that, that we, we overstep bounds Yes, because we don't understand how yes, their decorum we is. Yeah. Um, the thing that stood out to me to the most was at the end of the the kind of the, the the special on Netflix or whatever. The end of that, she says, you know, Megan's like, if people want to blame me for taking Harry from the UK, and I understand why they would say that if they saw if they saw how our story was represented from the UK that I came in and I took Harry and I broke up this family. And she said, but look at it from a different way and think he wouldn't have loved me if I came into his life and tried to tear him away from a family that he adored. 
She was like, he wouldn't have wanted to be with me if he didn't already have these thoughts. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's a fair point. <laughs> but I don't know. No, it's like a- if he wasn't already, you know, maybe at least contemplating that glancing things at the door, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or recognizing that this isn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. That something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this isn't how I would want my family. Cause he didn't have a family of his own yet to mm-hmm. be like, okay, mine's yeah. not going to be raised this way. Well, and it's sad too, in a way, cause Harry said that through, you know, watching him, watching William and Kate get together and get married. He was like, I just kept thinking, when's it going to be my turn? When's it going to be my turn? Like, I want to get married. I want to have a family. I want the four of us to be a unit. You know, he was like, and that's what I thought with Megan. I thought I could bring her into the fold, but really it just exposed all those terrible things that I ignored for so long, but I knew that they were there. And I was like, but let's have a whole podcast about it. You want to? <laughs> I barely even know anything about I know. it. I just I know. go off what I hear. That's why I'm, I've never been invested in the royal family. It's never interests me. Oh, I love it. But, I just the only time it ever caught my attention was when he left and he left for mm-hmm. her. And obviously that caught my attention because I was like, oh, the prince lost his love of his life. And that's romantic. Mm-hmm. Speaking of romantic, have you seen The Last of Us yet on HBO? Have you watched it yet? I have not watched it. I know everything that okay. happens. I know a detailed episode of last night. OK, OK. That's what I was going to say. If you had watched last night's episode. Last night okay. sounded okay. like it was very very good which wasn't included in the video game the last of us is a video game they turned out into a movie if people are wondering us and i decided we've talked about it before the fact that we both watched our husbands play this game i know and i was Mm -hmm. talking to Celia about it today because she was she asked me if i watched it and then she detailed Mm -hmm. the episode Mm -hmm. of the couple and i was like Mm -hmm. i it wasn't shocking to me when I heard it was going to be made into a, a show because the fact that me and you didn't even realize yeah. the other was watching mm-hmm. and I don't sit down and watch my husband play video games oh, but no. I, I got down. better shit to do I got better I, I was shit just to doing do. things and then I got uh-huh. wrapped up in the literal I'll, story that was of a video literally game. same I looked up and I was like what is this and then all of a sudden I'm like sitting on the couch and then watch- it's like three hours later <laughs> I know it's like I was watching a movie but yep, he was playing it's like a, a video movie. game and, but, but you I know what? Knew- the video game made me emotional. I was so just going to say. I was like, I couldn't We both talked about this when the second like, one ended. I'm not an angst lover. So mm-hmm. the video game mm-hmm. pulled me in by accident. Mm-hmm. I know what it's going to be. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to watch that because <laughs> I don't want to yep. cry. I know. I, I know. Be, even when it's happy tears, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel that like. It's I'm so like, emotional. Yeah. It's it's too emotional. Like, mm-hmm. I knew, I knew, uh, you know, obviously, watching the game, you know what's going to happen. This was kind of a side story that wasn't, it was in the game, but the full thing wasn't in the game. So, if if you haven't seen it, or you don't have to play the game to appreciate the show. And the show is kind of doing its own thing. But I knew, I knew based on the game, the end of the game, the very end of it, in The Last of Us 2, at the end of it, I sat on the couch in my living room and sobbed, sobbed. So I knew when they started this episode, I was like, fuck. <laughs> like I knew it was coming. 
because last night's I mean, episode, it's, if we don't want to spoil it, it was an epic love story part it was of epic. the show. An epic it was love so beautiful. story. You could watch that episode as a yeah. complete standalone. Yeah. Like front to back. You don't need to know anything else about the video game, about the show. You could turn on that episode, watch and it. It's and it's grumpy have a sunshine romance. It's a grumpy sunshine. It is like, it's a tearjerker. It's, it spans decades. And it's just a side couple from the game. <sighs> But they were, I mean, the guy in the game was really awesome. And, like, you got to see him and stuff in the game. So, and you knew that there was a partner and, like, there was, you know, things happening. But you didn't know the full extent. And they sort of took that script and ran with it for the show. And it was just so beautiful. Oh, my God. It was so good. But, yeah, so I asked, though, about if you think there's going to be another Last of Us show or game. Do you think there'll be a third game? They left it open. I would imagine so. I can't imagine. I think there's got to be. But there was like five years between games. Were there not? Wasn't that like a huge gap between games? You know, I I could be thinking about the wrong game, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a dispute went on. But I could be wrong. I could be thinking about the wrong game. But like something happened and transitioned over and that's Mm -hmm. why it took so long. But it is a very detailed storyline for this it's game incredible yeah it's a it's story mm-hmm. it is and again for for somebody who i'm not gonna watch games that that's not no i don't even play video games unless you count animal crossing or like lego <laughs> there's just not gonna happen but this one was just it was an it was a great adventure it reminded me a lot of um kind of like the link uh the breath of the wild the zelda game um, how the world is just beautiful. This the the artistry, the the design, it's incredible. It's just very, very beautiful. So anyways. Um, we have so much more to talk about. But, you know, I know we're we're probably gonna end up running long. There was another book that I'm currently reading right now, because I did read the spare book. Oh, I want to get the author's name right before I talk about it. Are there any other books that you read over the break that you want to talk about? I probably should have asked you this before since it's been like three months. But <laughs> I haven't but read a lot of real books. I've been smash wording it. Oh I my know. god! I, I slut. <laughs> I should talk about how um, the water sport thing. Oh my god, Melissa! So when you go on smash, this words, bitch, been... this bitch texts me. So when you go on smash words, what I love about smash words is you can search keywords. So I can force, I can do like force submission and I can just search those keywords. And every time I pull into a book, I check what the keywords are. So I can kind of get an idea of what I'm getting into. It'll say like blackmail, this or that. And every so often I would see water sports and I'm like, what is, that's the stupidest tag. What are they on a lake? Is this a beach romance? And I'm like, who? wow people really like beach romances or something whatever and i was just like i wasn't even paying attention and then i'm reading a book and something Mm -hmm. comes out of nowhere like i didn't see it coming i was like wait a second did he just do that and i was like what the fuck am i reading and then i go back to the book to read the description and out of the corner of my eye i see the keywords and i was like then she texts me did you know did you know what rotter sports means (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, 
Did someone get peed on, Melissa? Did someone get peed on? I'm like, like, at yes. least there's still a little bit of innocence in me. I'm like, all the time, <laughs> there's still this drop of innocence. How? How in all of the smut, in the porn, in the writing, in everything, have you not stumbled upon water sports? And it was, oh, you, you know sweet, the, gentle know darling. The, the worst, best part of it was, was this was dirty ass, kinky mm-hmm. daughters, mm-hmm. incest, whatever. Yeah. And it was good, mm-hmm. except for that. Except and for that. And so I pain. kept reading it. Like I would like scan over when it would do something like that because I was mm-hmm. like, this other shit is fucking, I'm eating it up like <laughs> cotton candy. But I was like, stop. <laughs> Paying on everything. (laughs) You know what, though? Like, it's not. Here's the thing about it with water sports with me. It doesn't necessarily. I don't want it to happen to me. But when I have read about it, it doesn't really turn me off. It just doesn't do anything for me. When I read it, I'm just I feel like you're saying you sneezed on her. I don't know why I don't feel like like it's I don't want that to happen in real life because I think it's would be I gross but i don't want to kink shame either i but like reading it though it's like a full-on kink like they want to pee in front of each other and he wants to pee in the sink while she watches and i, I didn't even know this was possible is this even i want a doctor to answer me this okay he peed while inside of her i don't think that can happen that sounds that no sounds i know he could physically do it but is that yeah? You can pee with a boner. Okay. I mean, you could pee with a boner. No, right? I know he can yeah. physically stick it inside of her and pee. Uh-huh. But you just how is there a room? No, I'm just saying, is the body okay with that? I wouldn't think so. Like, does the woman's body like? I feel like I would. There would be a problem. Wait, isn't urine sterile? I know you can drink your we own urine. We should have urine. a doctor. Call a doctor right now. <laughs> you can drink your own urine. You can't drink somebody else's. Oh, okay. Well, then that's probably not good for to get peed in your urine. vagina. Or that's my think understanding of it. I you know wrong. what? No kink shame, but can like, we have can a medical own, person tell us this? You can drink your own urine like it's either three or five times. Before it becomes poisonous to you. I haven't done it once, so I guess I still got a couple more times to Like, if you got stranded in the desert, like, you can Mm -hmm. drink it, like, three to five times, I think, before it Before it comes out, like, orange. Okay. Yeah, before it comes, before it becomes toxic to you. Okay. Well, I guess I need to know that. These are things we should Google before we record. (laughs) But I just didn't know, and then, like, she would pee when he was inside of her and I was like I just don't think I could I can't even pee sometimes on a plane (laughs) I'm like my problem is I cough too hard and I pee (laughs) well he says that it feels good so now I'm kind of curious like does it it feel good good to pee for men does it I wonder does it feel good to pee in her or it just feels good to pee You know, I just can't imagine is, that pressure of water buff. being shot up inside of me. I feel like that would hurt because I, I feel like that when I have I my like period, the up. bloating is like awful. God, I can't believe it's kind of like a five minute water sport thingy. Well, the fact but. that you didn't know what it was, was 
beautiful to me because I can't imagine what it was like for you to stumble into a room where that was happening and you'd be like, I thought we were going to a lake. You know, I should have thought it was. I should have thought we were going to. I thought it was weird that she kept bringing up. I should have seen it coming. Like, you know, there were signs. <laughs> there were signs. Now he, she kept the there were using, red flags way there back were red there. Flags on the when I started reading it because, like, mm. when he got up in the morning, she was like, "We would we skip over the peeing." Like, you're like, mm-hmm. "I did my I did my morning routine." Uh-huh. She yeah. like, I went and lifted, like, did the toilet. Like, I'm peeing mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that was a first. See right there, I should have. That should. Can you that imagine? Foresight. <laughs> like, I just have this vision of you. Foreshadowing. Uh, like, I have a vision of you, like, getting out of your car in a bathing suit with, like, a drink and sunglasses and a towel. And there's people peeing on each other. And you're like, I thought we were going to the lake. <laughs> like, you just so upset. <laughs> because this was not your destination. This is not where you thought you were going to end up. You know? No. But I finished reading them. (laughs) But you didn't stop. That's the best. Oh, okay. Let's talk about Cameron Claire. (laughs) Oh, God. She's like, thanks for that segue, guys. She's like, wow. We talked about the royal family and water sports. As one does. Welcome to season 12. (laughs) We went high and then low. Went real low. Straight to the basement. Okay. Oh, God. Um, I'll read you her author bio. This is the second time we've had Cameron Claire on the podcast. She was so great to come back this season. Um, we were talking before about something and I was like, you know, we appreciate you being on if you want to come back. And she's like, I would love to do it again. And we're like, all right, here you go. So, um, USA Today bestselling author Cameron Claire writes stories with witty tongues, wicked needs, and wild deeds. Her full length and short, steamy contemporary and paranormal romances emphasize strong female leads and the protective alpha men who know how to love and support kick-ass, take-charge women. She may not need him to save her, but she wants him to love, support, and most of all, ravish her. <laughs> all right. So the book she's brought us today is, again, it's called Sugar Sweet Sticky Buns, which I love. Um, I'll read you the book by that in just a second. For some reason. Do what? Makes me think of a butt for some reason. I know, right? Like sexy butt. Um, this, uh, this was an original, this story was originally in an anthology that she had, but she said there are a crap load of cameos in this, in this book you're about to listen to from the other Spring City residents. So there's other people that come up in this book and she's got, they're from Betting the Boss, which is book one in Grace and Enterprises, um, Tempting the Teacher, uh, there's a couple from that one, Dating the Boss. So if you're listening to this and you hear other couplers that are mentioned and you want to know more, you can go check out those books. Um, she has a brand new release Friday, February 10th called Personal Foul. It's book three in the Rangers football series. Um, and then Play Action Fake is book one and Quarterback Sneak is book two. They have both been updated and re-released. All three books are available in KU for a limited time. So make sure you grab them. Um, and then she has a giveaway going right now of play action fake and quarterback sneak, but it ends February 8th. So make sure that if you're hearing this now, go enter before the giveaway ends. Um, she also has a, a Kickstarter that's coming February 1st for special editions. 
um, for her rebranded Why Choose Romance. Um, and if you want to find more, you can join her Facebook group, which is Witty, Wicked, and Wild. I love that name. Like That's that. so cute. All right. So the book you're about to hear again is Sugar Sweet Sticky Buns. Jane is a freelance editor and adjunct English professor whose best friend, this year's Heart Healthy Women chairperson, begs her to write an article for their fundraising cookbook and celebrity dinner. She's not thrilled about it, but reconsiders when number six from Spring City's top 10 most eligible bachelors under 30 makes her a promise that his sugar sweet sticky buns are not only mouthwatering, but will make her moan. How can she say no, even if he is significantly younger? The kitchen isn't the only place they got hot and steamy, but when she meets his mother, an old colleague, and a girl she babysat as a toddler at the dinner at the celebrity dinner, can she handle their age difference since he makes her feel things she's never felt before? That's mm -hmm. it. All right. Let's play the first installment and I guess we'll see you on the other side. All, All right. right. We'll see you guys on the other side. This is Sugar Sweet Sticky Buns by Cameron Clare, read for you by Alex Mack and Megan Kelly. Chapter One Jane I have the cutest guy for you to meet. Penny walks into the guest office I borrow for client meetings, one of which I held two hours ago. My author left our conversation more defeated than invigorated, which was not how I intended our meeting to go. I'll call him and give him a pep talk later. Curling my lip, I glance up from the computer screen where my client's manuscript is hemorrhaging to pin Penny with an arch of my brow. Meh. Men. Have we sworn off all men or just the handsome ones? She plops down into the guest chair. I haven't sworn them off, but I can't be bothered. They require too much work. Give me a man who doesn't need his ego stroked, only his big cock, and I'll be happy. Penny slaps her hand over her mouth. OMG, Jane, what brought this on? You've been single for years. I slide my pencil into the messy bun on my head, realizing there's one already there. Exactly. Dating is tiresome. I'm 44 years old. I figure if I meet the one, nothing will keep us apart. You're 43 and a half. Why are you rounding up? I shrug. What's the difference? Penny sighs. What if you met a man who not only knows how to care for your body, but also your heart? I'd be impressed. But here's my new deal. Orgasm first, mind second. Heart last. I'm too old to give my love away to some man, only to find he doesn't stimulate me mentally or can't find my G-spot to save his life. I'd rather spend my nights with my vibrator and a good book than waste time with a man who doesn't get it. Penny sighs and leans back in her chair. Fine, no men, but I need a favor. I pull off my glasses and pinch the bridge of my nose. Of course you do. You know I'm the chair for this year's Spring City Heart Healthy Women. God, that's a mouthful. I interrupt before taking a swig of my cold latte. She rolls her eyes. I know. Anyhow, 
We're doing a cookbook followed by a one-day cooking show on our local PBS affiliate who will televise throughout the region. I nod, not understanding where she's going with this. I don't bake. I don't cook. I barely manage grocery shopping before I'm down to two-year-old cans of tuna and stale crackers. Thank God for delivery. Okay. She drops to her knees and scoots forward, her hands clasped together in prayer. Oh no, this is going to be bad because her begging game is top-notch. We have a celebrity chef. He's a local restaurateur doing a pre-show special tasting with local celebrities who are also big donors, and we need an amazing article highlighting the food and fundraiser. And you'd like me to edit the article? Because I know you're not asking me to cook. She laughs and waves away my concerns. I know better than to ask you to cook. I'd like you to work with the chef, participate in the tasting, and then write up a review for the cookbook. Ew, aren't these recipes heart healthy? That means no flavor, no variety, no fun. That's not true. A smooth, deep voice, the kind that hits you in the gut and makes your lady bits tingle, reverberates from the doorway behind me. I swivel around in my chair, my words escaping, along with all the oxygen in my lungs. Holy shitballs, who is this? Young, tall, dark, and handsome, he's every romance novel hero. The guy who makes jilted and jaded women swoon, and he's 10 to 15 years younger than me. He flashes me a panty-melting grin, along with a raise of one eyebrow, as if daring me to argue with him. Well, sir, I'm your girl. Heart healthy means I use my fingers to tick off my many complaints. No butter, no gravy, no cream, and no red meat. All of which are delicious. Just because it's heart healthy doesn't mean you can't have a taste of the foods you love. It's all about moderation. Moderation is not my speed. I stand for the first time in two hours, crumbs from my breakfast donut falling from my chest. Great, Jane. Really classy. Penny also stands and clears her throat. Jane, this is Kristoff, the owner of Kristoff's Bistro, Bonnie and Clyde's, and Cece's by the seashore, two of which are your favorite restaurants. I hear the smugness in her voice, so I turn to give her a warning glare. She ignores me like any friend of 30 years would do. Christoph, this is my best friend, Jane. Ah, the brilliant writer who doesn't write but edits other authors' work instead? He steps forward and offers his hand. Ugh, those are Penny's words being echoed back to me, definitely. How else can I make grown men cry without donning a pair of stilettos and a whip? I slide my hand into his, which is warm and calloused in all the right ways. That's a visual I can work with for a while. His voice is like melted chocolate, smooth, decadent, and sinful. You're welcome to it. I flash him a taunting grin. What am I doing, flirting with a guy five seconds after giving the meh men speech? I think you two will have a blast tasting recipes.
Penny clasps her hands together, throwing me a hopeful bat of her lashes. Damn it. How can I say no when the guy looks like Kristoff, even if he's way too young for me? I sigh and signal defeat with a placating wave of my hands. Okay, when? He smiles as if he's won a prize, but he can't mean me. My assistant's confirming the dinner next Sunday, so I need to test recipes now. Would you like to join me for a couple of test runs, Jane? I'll convince you how delicious heart-healthy dishes can be. Is this guy asking me out? Seems like he's low-key asking me out. Convince me, huh? Do I have to do any of the cooking? You'll help. He locks eyes with me like we're the only two people in the room. His intensity is off the charts, peering deep into my soul and caressing my heart, leaving no part of me untouched. How does he do that? A smart man would have said no. He really don't want me handling food. One of my superpowers is revealing people's hidden talents. In the kitchen, I tease. Sure. We stare longer than appropriate for two strangers sizing each other up and trying to unravel the mystery of this instant connection between us. I know it's been a while because Penny clears her throat, breaking the spell that has me contemplating my future. Maybe you should exchange numbers? Good idea. Christoph pulls a card out of his wallet while I dig my card out of my computer bag and hand it to him. How's tomorrow look for you? I make a show of thinking about my calendar, even though I know outside of editing deadlines, I have no life. Tomorrow works. What about Monday? Tuesday? He grins. Why don't we see how tomorrow goes and take it from there? I don't want to admit I have no life regardless of the day of the week. Plus, I don't want to sign up for additional dates if the first one crashes and burns. The attraction between us is too hot to end in any way other than gloriously astounding, be that good or bad. Smart. You need to decide if you can stand me before letting me know if you're available for future dates. Oh, he's a clever one. I flash a sly smile as my response. He chuckles. See you tomorrow at CeCe's? I'll be there. Nodding to Penny, he holds my card in the air. I'll text you. Pressing my lips together, I nod at his retreating form and then turn a set of big non-believing eyes at Penny. What was that? Penny explodes. I have no idea. The sexual tension between you two was so thick, I'd need a chainsaw to hack through it, she fans herself. I'm not much of a voyeur, but I feel like I watched two people get busy. You were eye-fucking the hell out of each other. That was crazy. He's so hot and young. Is he single? He's all of the above, Penny nods. He's on this year's list of Spring City's top 10 most eligible bachelors under 30. Under 30? I cough, saving the forgotten manuscript on my computer and powering down the laptop. 
There is no way my brain can edit a psychological thriller right now when all I see are hearts floating around in the red-hued ether while Barry White's smooth, deep voice sings in my head. Yeah, but don't let his age get inside your noggin. He's totally into you. I shrug, pretending like his age doesn't bother me. Besides, I can't get myself worked up about a guy clearly out of my league. I mean, I'm no slouch, but if they voted him in the top 10, he's a hot local commodity. Where did he rank in the top 10? I joke. Number six, right after the younger Manning brother, Camden. Number six in a city of 750,000? Why the hell is he making googly eyes at me? Penny shrugs. Why not you? You're pretty, sweet, and only slightly cutthroat with your sarcastic tongue, which he seems to like. Maybe he's a masochist with an Oedipus complex? She giggles. Maybe. I guess you'll find out tomorrow. What are you wearing? Considering he says I'll help him cook, a hazmat suit. Hmm. How about a frilly apron over sexy lingerie? Definitely not. I hoist my computer bag onto my shoulder and grab my sweater off the back of the chair. Well, do whatever feels good. And I do mean whatever feels good. I sigh, walking toward the elevator. You owe me big. Yes, yes. She walks with me, waiting until the door's close to say. But if you get good sex out of this deal, we're even. Chapter Two Christoph Hey, boss. Connie, my bistro manager, calls from the office. I nod, grabbing the inventory clipboard off the wall and checking my special order. Where's your wife? She's at home with the fur babies, Connie says, walking toward me while wrapping a long black apron around her waist. Who didn't show up? I frown. The only reason she dons an apron is we're short on staff. Walter, but before you get your knickers in a bunch, he has a fantastic excuse. I'm listening. I pull my phone and keys out of my pocket, tossing them along with the sexy editor's card on my desk next to my computer. As soon as Connie leaves, I'll Google Miss Jane Snyder and learn all I can about her. A beautiful mess, donut crumbs and all. I'm attracted to the disheveled exterior she wears so well, as well as her quick wit. I love smart women, but what really intrigued me was the meh men conversation. Not because she ranks orgasms first, although that's a plus but because she views wasting time much like I do. I don't. The last two girlfriends I've had weren't even close to the kind I'm looking for. I need someone busy like me, so they'll understand the constraints on my time. Owning and operating a restaurant is a 24-7 job. Problems arise before, during, and after the lights are off. And women my age don't understand that I can't make everything about them. 
I try to be a good boyfriend, but what I've realized is I need a woman who has her own life. So when we do come together, we enjoy ourselves. Plus, I've always been attracted to older women. Not sure why, but I think it's because they have their shit together. He's high. Pulled out of my thoughts, I turned to Connie with my jaw set. The only thing stopping me from exploding is the goofy grin on her face. I'm kidding. Well, actually I'm not. But I couldn't resist getting that murderous look thrown my way. I love pushing your buttons, she laughs. I sent Walter home early last night because he was in horrific pain. Today he went to the ER, and they gave him a bunch of muscle relaxers and told him to alternate ice and heat for the next 72 hours. Although it's Saturday night, I have Sarah the Wonder Server on shift, so she'll take his tables, and I'll back her with bar runs. We have it under control. I sigh, tabling the rant sitting on the tip of my tongue. My managers know me, and they know I don't employ mediocre staff who don't want to work. I pay well above average for all positions to include dishwashers, so I demand the best, and people with solid experience are on a wait list to interview for a job at one of my five-star restaurants. My hourly rate is good, the benefits are outstanding, and the tips are excellent. Business is fantastic. Any word from B and C? Or CC's? She nods, checking her cufflinks. One sous chef down with the flu, and one dishwasher. Whereabouts unknown. Nothing we can't handle. Okay. I defer to my managers and let them do their job while taking a seat behind my computer. Are you hanging with us tonight? Or are you making the rounds? Connie adjusts her black and silver tie and fluffs her short blonde hair in the mirror next to my office door. If I can avoid leaving my office tonight, I will. I have too much to do to get ready for the celebrity dinner next week. Hence why you asked about Jen. I'll let her know you're calling. Connie pulls her phone out of her pocket while walking toward the doors leading into the dining room. Thanks. I say absentmindedly as I type Jane Snyder's Spring City into the search bar, a page of results greeting me. The beautiful mess is quite successful herself. Freelance editor to multiple best-selling authors, former full-time journalist for the Spring City Times. She has an MFA from CU Boulder and teaches creative writing part-time at SCCU. She has speaking engagements at writers' conference across the country and is a recurring guest on Comma Queen's podcast. She's busy, like me, which only makes her more perfect. I type her number into my messaging app. This is Kristoff. I look forward to changing your mind tomorrow. Seconds later, three bubbles pop up on the screen. Ah, good luck. Doubting my skills already? No. But there are some things even superheroes can't do. I'll wear a cape. Tights too? Maybe on our second date. Is this a date? I grin, my fingers hovering over the keyboard. 
Fuck it. Why not go for it? It could be. I'll make you a deal. If I can make you moan with one bite, it's a date. Bubbles appear, then disappear, then reappear with no text. Damn. Did I render her speechless? She doesn't strike me as the type to back down. You make me moan, and we'll call it a date. Challenge accepted. I'll see you at four. Park in the back of the restaurant. I'll leave the receiving door open. See you then. My restaurants stagger their closed nights. Cece's is closed on Sunday and Monday. The Bistro is closed on Monday and Tuesday. And Bonnie and Clyde's is Tuesday and Wednesday. This allows my staff one full day off with one deep cleaning, inventory, and prep day to start the next week. So I know no one will pop in on the days I have scheduled to test recipes. Giving Jane and me privacy. I prop the back door open before turning on the kitchen lights. I've spent many hours over the last two weeks studying the cookbook. And although not all the recipes are winners, there are a handful I can use with only minor tweaks to make them perfect. After all, I do want to hear Jane moan for whatever I feed her. I'd like to make her moan in a lot of other ways, too. I'm in the walk-in refrigerator when I hear, Hello? Poking my head out, I set down the box of ingredients. Good afternoon, Jane. She looks amazing in skin-tight stretch jeans with knee-high brown boots and a loose-fit belted poncho. And although I love her outfit, she's going to burn up in the kitchen wearing so many layers. Do you have anything on under that poncho? I grin when her eyes go wide. I love shocking her, especially considering how fast she recovers. Trying to get me naked already? She sets her bag down. Chuckling, I shake my head. As soon as we get the stoves and ovens going, you're going to overheat. Plus, something tells me you're going to get messy, too. She blushes slightly. Are you referring to the donut crumbs from yesterday? I flash her a teasing smile. Damn, I thought you'd miss that. Very little gets by me. I read that about you. She pulls off her poncho to reveal a waffle-knit Henley with the buttons undone, flashing mouth-watering cleavage. She's perfectly shaped, curvy in all the right places, which sends my brain in directions it shouldn't go. Not until later, of course. I grab her stuff and take it into the office without explanation, sneaking a whiff of the amber musk permeating the wool poncho. You looked me up, I say over my shoulder. I did, she says as she peeks into the box. Quite impressive resume for a man your age. Culinary school at 18. You opened your first restaurant at 22. Second at 25. And third at 28. Very ambitious. A man my age? She shrugs. A man of any age, honestly. I grab a clean apron off the rack. 
She stiffens as I step into her personal space and wrap the apron around her waist. Turn around, Jane. Locking eyes with me, she contemplates her response and then does as I ask, turning in my arms. I loop the strings into a bow at the small of her back, cinching it tight and pulling her against my chest. With my mouth near her ear, I say, I understand I'm younger than you, but we're not going to let our age difference affect the vibe between us, are we? Vibe? Her voice shakes as she takes a small step away. Don't pretend like you didn't feel it, too. There is something, she nods, offering me the strings to tie around her neck. I tie the apron behind her neck, her chestnut-colored hair twisted up in a clip on her head. I long to let her hair loose, run my fingers through her silky strands, but having her hair up right now is necessary. Another thing for later. So, let's enjoy ourselves. The attraction is there. We'll use the next few hours to see if I can stimulate you intellectually. And then we'll discuss your orgasm. Her eyes are wide, jaw dropped, as she steps away with her apron intact. Did you overhear my conversation with Penny yesterday? Grinning, I shrug. I might have overheard some of it. You know why young guys like me prefer older women? She shakes her head. No bullshit. You have your priorities straight. And a man like me, a man who has his shit together, appreciates it. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. I know that I told you a bunch of stuff before we sent you into the first installment, but make sure um, if you want to know any of that and you don't want to rewind, just look in the show notes. It's all down there. So wherever the episode description is, we will have links to everything. You can click on that or you can just visit us at readmeromance.com. And on the homepage, you will see this audiobook this week. And if you want to go, you can look at past audiobooks on the page and click all of those and you'll see all the good stuff on there. So I think that's it. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.